Hello everyone. Hey everyone. This is Kay. This is Craig. Coming from the studio for the last time in a while. In person. In person, yeah. Um, the next time you hear both of our voices, it'll either be me releasing the vampire episode, yes. which I don't know, or um, by that time I will still be here. But I Craig will here, be in Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. My new home. Um, so this is our last introduction where we're both in the studio, a.k.a. my sister's room. Um, so, welcome to Raiders of the Lost Arts. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome, welcome. Um, how are we feeling today? Um, a little nostalgic, mm. um, as I was talking to Kay before. I am leaving on Friday, which is two days from now. Mm-hmm, when this is going to be released. So by the time you're hearing this, literally... Literally by the time you're hearing this, I'm going to be traveling. Me, yeah, in a car. Um, so I got hit with a wave of nostalgia. There were tears of flowing while I was driving. You know, because I, was, I took the back way to your house, actually. I took some back roads, mm. and, like, it just... It was all-encompassing of, like, just... Don't start romanticizing Long Island. Uh, I will not. Don't you dare. I know. You got. You got. It's a rabbit hole. Yeah. You got to You got to get me out of this. <laughs> um, but now, and not romanticizing Long Island, just um, the the coming of age experience, mm. and just like I feel like obviously when I first started driving with a permit at sixteen, and then getting my license at seventeen, and I'm gonna be twenty five this coming month. Um, Whoa. It's a big gap of time of all these different drives and like. You know, I passed some former friends' house, houses, some people I don't talk to anymore, some people who've moved away. You gotta write a poem about this. I really do. This is poem fodder, if I've ever heard it. You're so right. I freaking love the word fodder, by the way. It sounds one. like you're saying father, but like in a weird way. Yeah. I also, we were just on Twitter and I came across the word heinous and I love that <laughs> word because it's just, it, it does pack a punch. Should we start doing a word of the day thing? We should. That'd be I was nice. thinking we could either start doing like song racks or like a word of the day. That'd or be really quote. fun. We could just figure it out. We'll put a pin in that. So fodder and heinous are our double duo for today. Yeah. Um, do I have a definition for fodder? Let's look up a definition real quick. So it's an official... Uh, okay. Fodder. Um, a person or thing regarded only as material for a specific use. Um, that's it. Used as a noun. Or it could also just be food, especially dried hay or feed for cattle and other livestock. Mm. So, and it comes from the German, uh, food. Oh, oh, we're, we're going into etymology. It's got an origin right there, so... So that's fodder for y'all. Uh, for heinous, it's an adjective. Mm-hmm. It just it says of a person or wrongful act, especially a crime, utterly odious, which is another good one, mm. or wicked. 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 Uh, did we? Oh, we did a movie musical episode. We got to do a, a musical one at some point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they finally found a director for the film version of Wicked. Oh, yeah. Some time back. I, maybe, no, I don't know if we talked about it. doesn't matter. I don't want Dove Cameron to be in it. Oh, she's putting, so boring. They're putting her in it? No. Oh. But everyone wants her to. I'm like, why? Because she's blonde. But isn't she young? Yeah, but so are the characters. They're, like, college age. Yeah, I guess. How old is she? She's, like, college age. Oh, okay. She's, like, maybe a year yeah. or two younger than us. Okay. Well, than me. <laughs> than I. Um... So, um, on to the, by the time you're hearing this. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to bring up the whole Britney Spears thing that's going on. I mean, it Before we go into the seriousness on, yeah. of it, let's talk about Wendy. Okay. Because she made some points. So, well, basically what happened is... Uh, on her TV show, The Wendy Williams Show. Oh, I was going to provide the context first, because um, it makes more sense, yes. I guess, given it. But, like, um, there was uh, an open hearing for Britney for her to talk about her conservatorship, um, which is essentially the her father, Jamie. Yes. Um, Everyone's named Jamie in their life. <laughs> yeah, really. Um essentially controls her life because of and if you guys have seen the documentary that the new york times did um you know exactly what we're talking about but for those who don't know um essentially she had like 
a mental breakdown in like 2007 that was essentially caused by just the paparazzi not leaving her alone certain personal parts of her life just being just the pressure the pressure of being a pop star and having the whole world's eyes on you but like eyes on you in the way that like they shouldn't be and like they no i was gonna go further with that like criminalizing women for being women yeah yeah where they're like, oh, she shaved her head and she freaked out. And, like, they were like, she's a horrible mom. They're like, she's oh, like, she's a horrible mom. Her kid is in the car. Yeah. Like, crazy, stupid stuff. Um, but so, at that point, um, all of her, like, financial stuff, all of her bookings that she does, all of her, like, professional stuff were put in the hands of her father. Who she wasn't even close with Yeah, she loses time, all of her weird. autonomy and her... her- decision-making and her independence as a a grown woman adult. Yeah, and didn't they also... Yeah, they put... They won't let her, like, get rid of her birth control or something? Yeah, so she has an IUD and, and, like, legally they will not let her remove it because she wants to have kids with her boyfriend. That is so sick, which brings us to Wendy Wendy Williams Williams on her show. So she obviously had commentary about it, and she was disgusted to find out how involved the um, Spears family was, especially the the parents, in Britney's case. And so she wished death to them all. She said, shame on you, death to them all. And And her audience gasped. Yeah. But I feel like if I was in that audience, I would have cheered. I would have been like... Yeah. You're right. Because essentially what this is, is like, um, not a microcosm, I suppose, maybe, for just all of the the ways that women are controlled. Yeah, and it, it's very much digressive. It just goes Like, it's not just back- about Britney. Yeah, it's it goes, about her, but... It goes completely backwards. Like, mm-hmm. it's like taking everything that, you know, women have worked towards... And it's just like, oh, well, never mind. Fuck that. Like, we're taking more rights away again. It's essentially saying, like, oh, because you had a mental problem however many years ago, like, literally at this point, like, 14 years ago, you don't deserve to have autonomy over your your own life. It's it's, a, it's like a human rights it's, issue. It's, it's, a, it's very gendered. Um, you know, obviously, as I've talked about, I'm taking a class in gender right now. And I think we actually talked about it in class in terms of, like, emotionality of, like, you know women and men mm-hmm. and i know this is actually like kind of steering away from britney for a second but like whenever people refer to taylor swift mm-hmm. and they always like attack her that she's overreacting and she, i forget if it's her or someone else where like they use this quote and it's so true where it's like oh well men when they show their emotions they're allowed to react but if a woman shows her emotions she's only overreacting mm. she never she's never allowed to react basically which is i feel like what's happening with this because Again, it's just a human being reacting to the circumstances surrounding her. And honestly, everything that she goes through, if you watch the documentary, it's pretty valid. I would probably react the same if not. I thought worse. Mm -hmm. Everything she went through. Um, Especially, we have to consider, from a very young age, she's been performing. And I don't know. I I, Just watching the documentary made me very uncomfortable because to notice the obviously and it still happens today the uh, overt sexualization of female stars yeah um especially that the the concept of the male gaze and like how it plays into the um capitalism and the making money off of it and like she just her whole life i feel like was sexualized yeah it's really sad um and her parents are to blame they were the ones who put her in that position because like they were doing it for selfish reasons. Like, well, yeah, for money. Yeah. They directly profited off of her. and Her whole life. Maybe the reason that Jamie Lynn isn't really as big anymore is because they, she doesn't have the full support of her parents because she got pregnant and ruined, I guess, that image for herself where, like, she could technically be sexualized, but once you have a baby, it's just like, oh, yeah. now she's not... And then also, I know a lot of people have been coming after her, her too, though, for, mm-hmm. like, they're like, where have you been this whole time for your sister? I mean, I don't know. She might have been told by the family, like, do not say anything or we will cut you off. Or she might be involved. We don't know. Yeah. It's it's weird. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Because, you know, I really don't trust Jamie Lynn's husband, who's also, his name is Jamie. What is up with that? Uh, I think they should all fight, and fight Hunger Games only style. one of them gets to keep the name at the end. That's just my opinion. Anyway, 
Um, really sad stuff. But but in good news, they finally Brittany's lawyer has filed this uh, within the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, for like you know the termination, the, the termination yeah. of the conservatorship, and they're actually making like progressive steps forward especially after her hearing in which she was able to finally speak for the first time and speak out against it. I think with this much public attention, like, it behooves um, the courts to, like, appease um, that and, like, let her get out of it because, like, it's just going to be more of a mess Yeah. if it's just back and forth, back and forth for the next couple of years. But I don't trust men, so. Well, it could be women in charge of stuff. They make dumb decisions sometimes, too. Maybe that's sexist, that you just assume the judges would be men. It is. But, you know, Mm -hmm. we have to think about how... Really during Proud Month. During Proud Month. Well, we have to (laughs) think about, you know, holistically, holistically, realistically, how women have been a part of, you know, putting um, restraints on their own kind. Yeah. Well, it's all from that uh, internalized misogyny. Yeah. Oof. That was fun to reconcile with in my youth, but... I got over it. Um, And so should you. (laughs) So should you, viewer, listener. Um, So, on to our main subject. Because this is technically a mini-sode. But I didn't know how long it was going to go. So... We'll see. We'll see what it ends up Well, that's every week. We'll just see. And if you don't like it, oh well. Please like it. My feelings will be hot. Um, (laughs) Our main subject is... um, a comedian who we all know and love, at least everyone that I know. He um, he definitely gets a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Something in a creates. negative way, I would say. I, I actually yes. have come in contact with people who despise him. Yeah, and they should seek help immediately. The person who we are talking about, of course, is Mr. Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Um, so I'm going to briefly talk about some of his background, some of his career highlights... Um, and this then exciting. we'll go into his, uh, his oeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> I love saying that. Um, y- you are just a scene <laughs> for vocabulary today. What can I say? I'm a vocab queen. That's what they call me on the street. They go, hey, there goes that vocab queen. And I go, it's me. She is a vocab queen. Okay. So Bo Burnham, a brief history. Um, his full name is Robert, which I don't know why I didn't think it was Robert for the longest time. I was like, yeah, Bo is a name. And it's like, oh, no, no one names their baby Bo. That's possible. But they yeah, could, but like, it's a, it's a nickname for yeah. Robert. Um, he was born August 21st, uh, 1990 in Hamilton, Massachusetts. Yes, he is a Leo. Um, he is a Virgo he exu- moon. He exudes Leo energy. Virgo moon, Sagittarius rising, I believe, but I don't know. Um, his mom, and I found this out, um, by listening to the H3 podcast interview with him, like, two years ago or something. Um, uh, his mom is a hospice nurse. So, like, every day she, like, watches people die, essentially, and, like, makes their last moments alive, like, more comfortable, which is just, like, oh my god. So, Um, that's, like, very... He loves his mom, like... That's girl boss energy. Yeah. That's very empowering. Talking honestly. about it, it's just like, wow, she's a just a wonderful. She's a woman. hero. Ugh, Not I'd many lo- people. Can I do would that. love to meet her. I don't know what her name is, but Mrs. Burnham. Mrs. Burnham. Mrs. Burnham, I suppose. I know his dad's name is Scott. I don't know why I know that, but anyway, so Bo started uh, making f- videos for his family and his YouTube channel in 2006. Um, the content was pretty similar to his early stuff, where it's mostly just like songs about. You know, a bunch of a varied uh, amount of topics like sex, gender, race, um, class, you know, the things. Um, or, you know, sometimes they're just jokes set to music with, like, those linking themes. Um, he describes his onstage persona as a more arrogant, stuck-up version of himself, which... I think we all know. And he addresses it quite often. Yeah, I guess because he doesn't want people to think, like, I'm not like this in real life. Please like me. This is just for comedic effect. Um, he recorded a performance in London for Comedy Central's The World The World Stands Up in January 2008, making him the youngest person to do so at the age of 18 and signed a four-record uh, deal with Comedy Central Records. Um, Comedy Central Records released his first EP, the sixth song, uh, Beau Faux Show, 
if you remember it, um, has an online release only album. Uh, an online release exclusive. It was 2008. <laughs> it was, you know, it's 2008. Um, Burnham's first full album, the self-titled Bo Burnham, was released on March 10th, 2009. His first one-hour stand-up special, Words, 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 was recorded in Boston for uh, in 2012, uh, 2010 for Comedy Central. Uh, his second special, What, was released on Netflix in 2013 uh, and Make Happy in 2016. And I don't know if you ever watched this. I know I watched a few like episodes, but uh, in 2010 he wrote, executive produced, and he starred in Zach Stone is gonna be famous. Um, it was like a series just about like this obnoxious teenager who wanted to be famous. I've not seen it. I've been seeing a few clips going around on TikTok over the past few days because you know Bo's in the zeitgeist. Um, there's another word for y'all. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Everyone's gonna log off immediately because they're like, if I have to get... This fucking nerd. Yeah, she's gonna be like, I didn't come to listen to, like, get... I can't even speak. I don't know what I'm saying. I didn't come here to learn English. I didn't come here for English class. Uh, Mrs. Speaker. Anyway, it only ran for, like, one season. Um, and it ended in, like, 2013. So, um, and I know a lot of people, um came to like Bo around this time, but when he wrote and directed his first feature film, 8th Grade, uh, or at least this is when he also was... Also, like, 2013, the, the first thing I think of is Tumblr. Yeah, so but, like, this is when I think he was sort of being recognized more as, like, an artist and not just, like, a comedian. Yeah. Um. So, 8th Grade, which was produced and distributed by A24, and it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in January 2018. Um, the film has been universally acclaimed, among other accolades. It received the Writer's Guild of America... Um, award for Best Original Screenplay, the Directors Guild of America Award for Outstanding Directing, First Time Feature Film. Um, it garnered a 99% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes based on 316 ratings and holds an average rating of 89 out of 100 on Metacritic. So... Which is very good. Yeah. Especially for a debut film. Yeah. I mean, he's been, like, making films, and I think he's done, like, short films, and, you know, um, his girlfriend is a writer, producer, director, so it's not like he doesn't know people already in the biz, um, and, like, already what he was doing is was cinematic in a way, but it was interesting to see something that wasn't, like, purely comedy come from his, his brain. Yeah. A head birth, if you will. Um... So, in 2020, he appeared alongside Carrie Mulligan in Emerald Fennel's black comedy revenge thr thriller, Promising Young Woman. We all know this. They used at the Oscars um, for the one of the clips for, like, one of the awards it was up for. They used the scene where Carrie Mulligan spits in his cup and he drinks it. As they should. And it was like he was mostly talking in that clip. I'm like, man, they did not care that Carrie Mulligan was in this, I guess. Well, she won, so I don't know. Good for her. But it's so weird that, like, an internet comedian who I've liked since I was in high school was in, like, an Oscar-nominated and winning film. Film, yeah. Like, as one of the leads. I was like, But huh? also, like, his role is perfect. Like, oh, he yeah. was perfectly casted for that role mm -hmm. because he had that, um, that levity of humor. He seemed like a nice guy. Yes. But, but spoiler alert, not, not so, so nice. Much. Oh, I thought we were gonna say the same thing. We're God so close. damn it. Um, in March 2021, it was announced that Burnham had been slated to play Boston Celt uh, Celtics, 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 they don't pronounce it the right way. Um, legend Larry Bird in Adam McKay's HBO drama series based off of Jeff Perlman's book Showtime Magic, Kareem Riley and the Los Angeles Lakers dynasty of the 1980s. I know a lot of my friends are excited for that because they care about sports. I'm excited for it because it's Adam McKay and Bo Burnham, you know, to Take their own. <laughs> Um, in April 2021, Burnham announced on social media that he would release a new comedy special called Bo Burnham Inside on May 30th, which he filmed completely alone in a room of his house without a crew or audience during the COVID-19 pandemic. It received critical acclaim, to say the least. Um, because we're going to say the most. Yeah. So I actually did do a ranking for this, but just to structure kind of okay. the... I was curious of what you were ranking. So, these are the things I'm ranking, because he has, like, four 
bigger specials, I would say. Yes. And then he has a feature film. So I'm doing those. So there's words, 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 what, make happy, inside, in eighth grade. And those are the five things that I'm ranking. Is it hard to rank a film against, you know, stand-up specials? Yes. But at the same time, like I said, there's that cinematic aspect to his specials anyway. So, yeah, no. Um, so I wanted to start with words, words, words. Have you ever listened to it? Because I don't think it's... I think it's available on uh, Comedy Central, but I've only ever listened to the album. Yes, I've heard some of it very briefly, but I yeah. don't know too much about it. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of it is like his early YouTube stuff, so it's essentially almost the same thing, but obviously different. Um, I think that special has a lot of like clever wordplay, like really clever, but it's almost like a pro and a con of the special because he, like, he's doing this kind of rap sing thing mm-hmm. in um that special a lot where. It's just one joke after another, and it's set to music, and so it. I feel like a lot of the jokes and the wordplay just go over the audience's head, yeah. and they don't have time to react or laugh. And it just keeps going. And so you miss half the jokes, um, but like if you t- look at it and you break it down or you re-listen to it a million times, you're going to catch them, but if you were just someone who bought tickets to a show because, ah, I want to go see a comedian, um, and that happened, like this... I think he was 19, maybe? No. Cause wait, it came out in 20... 2008? 2010? 2010. 2010. So, he was 20. Yes. Um, Probably like 19 when it was recorded. But you see a 19-year-old kid, kid go on stage, start playing the piano and singing about, like, racism and stuff and, like, how he fucks bitches and stuff. I'd be like, what is going on? I would like a refund. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what else did I say? Um, I think a lot of the commentary that Bo makes in the special, um, he would have, he would kind of rehash in future specials in a more pointed um, way. Um, oh, the, sh- the song Oh Bo was one of the first things I experienced from him. Um, and it really, like, hit me because at that time, when it was released, I played the oboe. And he, in the in the music video, he plays an oboe. Not, like, really. But yeah, but, like, he, he pretends, pretends plays one. And I was and like, oh, like, oh, my God, oh he's my just God. like me. Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> so seen. Um, you're like, wow, that was exciting I found for my me. future husband. <laughs> no, I was just like, this guy's cool. He gets it. So that's really all I wanted to say about that one. Because I think it is... I think when it comes to him, there most people talk about his Netflix specials and his film. Yes. Which is fair, I suppose. But that one, I don't want to go it to go... Unnoticed. Unoverlooked, because it is how he started out. This is when he started to get his bearings and his grounding in the stand-up comedy scene. And started to figure out what his specific style was going to be. Which yeah. is like this song joke format and he so stands out because of that he makes him unique and it makes him um accessible because it's not just your regular come out with a microphone and walk around and talk to the audience it's there's definitely interaction so i went to a comedy show last night and like i noted like that the comics that i liked better had a certain way of presenting their jokes that made them stand out more than the typical just you know they go out they do the the the, the mic work where they yeah. like they do the things with the, the the cord and whatnot and you know they drink the water and all that stuff and do a little bit of crowd interaction um one of them uh joe no is that his name hold on i gotta figure it out because i don't want to say anyone's name wrong cause i will feel bad joe para He's uh, on Adult Swim, and he does stuff with, like, Connor O'Malley. Um, really funny dude. But so he kind of had this, like, nervous persona that he did, and he, like, came out with, like, his handwritten jokes. He did, like, a poem, and his delivery was so slow, and it was so funny because you hung on that every single word. Um, and that was something great. And then the main, the main like, person was Andrew Michon, who... Had, uh, is one of the co-hosts of podcast, but outside, um, 
And so he was doing, like, typical stand-up stuff. And at the end, he, like, had a play that he did with, like, the audience. Um, and, like, had random people stand up that, you know, most of the people in the audience didn't know were going to stand up and stuff like that. It was all planned, though. And I was like, I don't know if I would have remembered him as much if he hadn't done that thing at the end. Yeah. So it really is so much in the presentation. Like, you can be telling the funniest jokes, but if you don't present it in a like a way That's that captivating. is captivating or different, no one's going to care. Out. And with Bo, he's just naturally yeah. talented. And it's not like he was the first person to do, like, joke songs, but, like, yeah. he perfected it, and he did, like, a full album worth, where it's, like, you can literally listen to his songs and, like... A couple full albums worth. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. So... That was my number five. My number four is what, which is like really the first. That's the first thing, thing I ever saw from him. I saw of him as well. Well, technically, the first thing I ever saw f- from him were his vines. Okay, but probably same. I just <laughs> can't remember them on the top of my head. But um, I saw them, yeah. Um, but this is the first like actual presentation, professional, however you want to put mm-hmm. it, stand-up special I saw of his because I knew of him mm-hmm. but i would needed to know more of him yeah you get a fuller <clears throat> picture with yes. this special um it's a really great special that i can still like quote almost all of in its entirety like i know every single movement he does i know every single little beat i watched it so many times when it came out um it came out around christmas time in 2013 yes. and i remember um sitting on my couch in front of my Christmas tree and, like, putting the volume down lower because I was like, "Mm, my family might think this is weird if I listen to this out loud. Um, I don't know why I didn't just get my earbuds. That would make sense, but it would move. It was super warm. The fire was crackling. It was was a vibe. It was a vibe. vibe, And I will always remember that as, like, the first time I ever saw what was, like, in front of my Christmas tree. I My best friend, Allie, is a huge fan of him and has been Mm -hmm. following him for years. And it's someone who, like, you know she turns to to help turn her day around Mm -hmm. and like bring laughter to her so she's like you need to check him out and um most of my friends in my life know i am not huge on comedy like stand-up boo no i get it yeah because a lot of stand-up comics are like the ones like kevin hart where you're like my wife sucks my wife's a bitch yeah I hate that. And it's just like, it's, I always found it boring, and I just never found myself laughing. However, when I watched What for the first time, I was actually genuinely laughing. Like, it was funny. Uh, my favorite song to ever come... I don't know what you're gonna ...from say. anything. I listen to it weekly. I promise it's, you. It's good. From God's perspective. It is... It's so good. So poignant. I think about almost every single day the line that... What if uh, life on Earth could be heaven? Just doesn't just a thought of it make it worth a try? Yes. I think about that all the time. I'm like, why am I complaining so much? Like, what if this is as good as it gets? Like, enjoy every moment. Yeah. Like, maybe there is no afterlife. Um, why the like? Why am I gonna? Yeah, waste there's my bad time? things, but then the the bad things are there to remind you of the good things. I always thought about it in the sense of like, if we were to live in a perfect world. Would it be worthwhile? Would it be meaningful? Would we even enjoy it? Like, what what is perfection? Mm-hmm. And like, because if we were if we were perfect, we would probably only have happiness, right? I don't think we would have better. You know, you would have to almost participate in um more than what's the word for it? Um, you know, like just being living in excess and beyond your means. We're like. There's a new threshold to meet where, like, yeah, happiness used to be just, like, a roof over your head or, like, a vacation once a year. That is what happiness used to be. But, like, when all of those things are already met, like, you're going to want more. And that's how we end up with billionaires who have way too much money and people living in, like... Yeah. Not living anywhere. And not, and being, homeless. And not being satisfied <laughs> mm-hmm. with, like, all the millions of dollars or billions that they have. Um, I hate when, like, rich people, like... Oh, but, like, it, like money doesn't, help, like, solve everything. Like, sometimes I think, like, people who are, like, really poor are better off. Or, like, I hate when people, like, quote, tweet pictures of, like, 
poor farmers and like they're smiling they're like oh look how happy they are so like carefree like a simple life i'm like not a no f- not a phone in sight <laughs> their labor is being exploited bitch yeah like they're not happy i don't know what you're living in but <laughs> what fantasy what delusion you're living in yeah uh, i i just again it's such a clever song mm-hmm. and what i love before that song going back to bo's personality he's like you know and it fits into the joke so well he's like you know guys like when i'm up here like some of you think like i'm an arrogant and stuff i don't want to come off that way like mm-hmm. i want you to know that like i'm grounded and he's like this is my song from the perspective of a god yeah. and like, right <laughs> ahead, like, like so funny like so he's really good at timing he um, really there's really? a lot of great bits in this from the opening with that water bit mm-hmm. where like he, I always think about like he has the water in his mouth for so long um, to that ending song with like the layered tracks where it's like the three different people talking to him. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was cool. Um, I, it's funny when he points out it's like hail Satan Lord of Darkness and he points up and it's just crickets. Yeah. <laughs> like oh so funny. Um, I think there's a few bits that are maybe a little awkward in hindsight but it you know, you get the sense that he knew what he was doing more than in his last special. And I do think that, like, the poetry samples were a bit of a low point. And honestly, his poetry book isn't the best. Um, but it's still good. I prefer his vines, though. I won't Yeah, lie. and, like, at the end of the day, is he really a poet? Well, in a way. But I think his poetry is better set to music. I'll say that much. Okay. Like, without his personal voice... His poems kind of fall flat, is all I'm going to say. And they inspired Gabby Hanna to write her own poetry book, which is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. So, I don't know. He didn't realize what he was starting. He did not realize the monster he was creating. The domino effect thing. Yeah. Um, Another thing about Gabby Hanna, now that I'm on the topic of her, and I said this the other day, but... She was obsessed with Bo Burnham. I know. Who wasn't? But to the extent that she, like, stalked him um, and faked a relationship with him where she told everyone she knew that they were dating and she made a fake Facebook profile for him and, like, said, like, that he was dating her and, like, they both mutually were, like, dating each other. Like, that was, like, a Facebook thing you could do. Um... And she photoshopped pictures of them together. Oh, oh, no. And was, like, flirting with him when she actually did meet him outside a show. And, like, gave her, uh, gave him her number. And I think that's why uh, Bo doesn't meet up with his fans anymore. Because of Gabby Hanna. Thank you, Gabby Hanna. The same for person. absolutely nothing. Really? What is she, what is she good for? Absolutely Nothing. Nothing. She leaves destruction wherever she goes. I really, uh, to this day, I hear her name so much, and I, I cannot tell you what she physically looks like. Good. She I looks really, insane is what she looks it, like. It's sad. Like, I, I don't know much about her. I really don't know her, and that's okay. I Clearly, I don't, I don't need her. to know her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, so number three <laughs> is Gee. Make Happy, which I recently rewatched because I realized it's probably one of the ones that I've watched the least. Mm-hmm. But... I forgot how much I liked it. Okay. Um, it's a really great special that starts to really, like, sell the idea that Bo wants to lose his onstage persona or, like, the at the very least not have to rely on it to tell jokes. Um, like, he does this whole bit where, like, he shines the light on the audience and he's like, um, like, we're all performing something. And I was like, okay. Rude. Um... Because I think about every day, like, the performance of it all. Like, performing gender, performing all these other things that we have to in our life just to, like, exist in, not to use that S word, but society. But literally just to exist. Yeah. We're, or, like, especially online. And, like, so much of his um, material relates to social media because, you know, that's how we got to start. And, you yeah. know, he was born in the 90s, so he was raised on the internet. It's just byproduct of how he was raised but you know performing for on on like social media is such a thing where it's like you have a persona online and like i i talk about this all the time where it's just like i have days where like i'm sad and i want to tweet about or post about how i'm sad but it's like oh no i have this persona online that i'm like 
funny no and one can nothing know gets I'm sad. to me. And yeah. it's just like, but you're I'm like, a person. Like, you're that's like, not. Damn, I really duped myself there. Yeah, it's just like, what are you doing? You can, like, who are you performing for? And at the end of the day, it's like, maybe I'm just performing in, like, a mirror for myself because, like, hey, if I put out this persona that I don't care and nothing gets to me, maybe it'll come true. Like, fake it till you make it. <laughs> I said, let me get that clown makeup. I do feel like a clown some days. I'm not gonna lie. Don't we all? I'm not gonna lie. Don't we all? Um, there's some like brilliant and beautiful moments in this special. The song "Pandering" goes off. It's the, a country song that makes fun of um, how country music stars pander to their audiences because they're all rich people who don't actually know what it is to work like a blue collar uh, life and like work on a farm and do hard manual labor because they're all in their mansions but they're like my tractor <laughs> and it's like bro what they're always talking like about a Rolls a, Royce. A, they're always talking about a red pickup truck mm-hmm. um there's <laughs> there's that one they're line to quote a line there, no there's that line that goes no shirt no shoes no jews strike that last one <laughs> and i think it's so funny there i don't i can't think of a sing. i don't know why i went dolly parton there i can't, I can't think, think of a i can't think of a single Jewish country music star. They all love God. I don't hear none talking about the New the Old Testament and Moses. Yeah. What's with that? Is that like a location type thing? I have no clue. Because I really... Because in terms of just like religious orientation as well... I don't think I well, know like any I, Jewish people who like country music. Yeah, like I think... Hmm looking at it like the locality of it like religious you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. where it's like the different regions <clears throat> yeah i don't know i'm just talking a bunch of nonsense i don't know either so i think we should look into it we should um the first time i saw it i thought the kanye bit at the end went for a bit too long but i really enjoy it now because i was just like oh he's going on for so long about this and it's just like oh that's the point like he wants to have a, a moment at the end of his show where he's like can i talk my shit can i say my shit um and he does and it's mostly about the chipotle burrito but it's a good bit i won't lie i love commitment to the bit above all else um so that brings us to number two so and with the two gucci i'm talking about eighth grade baby um i love this movie so much i loved it when it came out i loved it when i rewatched it when it dropped on i think like hulu or something and i still love it it's it's like it's very real but in a way that's almost refreshing because it feels almost like a documentary but just one with more of a narrative like i couldn't believe that some of those scenes like were written and they weren't just real life yeah be trying to talk like uh, speechless he's speechless Um, so i'm about to get a lot of hate up in here he's about to be shot on sight I deserve it. Um, <laughs> as she pulls out a lighter. It's, you have a little uh, match on your your arm. On my arm. He's a tat. My I'm ar- not talking my, about an actual my match. My arm. Um, I am not the biggest fan of that film. However. I have a thing about that. She's like, I'm about to roast you. About no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I think it's the content. It it's filmed wonderfully it the actress i always forget her name elsie fisher yes does a fantastic job he did a great job of directing like i have like like in terms of like like the film itself the production the production is great i just remember i also watched this a few years ago for my first time i've only watched it once because i sat there and i watched it and i think i've never felt so uncomfortable in my life I think it's almost like exposure therapy in that way, at least for me. And, like, I wrote a... I, I said, um, I know that some people, like, like dislike the film for the exact same reason, but, you know, all art is subjective. It is. And I think he knew he was kind of dabbling with that line there, yeah. where it was like, this is going to be too real and people are going to hate it because it's, you know, they want to escape because it's a film. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are going to see themselves in this... And that's going to be cathartic in a way for them. Yes. Um, it's like all the great dramas. Also, I don't know if this sounds your... stupid, 
but like I just can't resonate with an eighth grade girl. Oh, well, that makes sense. I was an eighth grade girl. Exactly. And I was very similar to Kayla. So, um, yeah. And we've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah. You've told me like the similarities you share and like, mm-hmm. the shared experiences and stuff like that. And for me, like I said, I'm like, yeah, I, I maybe, I don't know. And I hate to pull like gender into this. I don't know if there's like a difference in experience because of that. Yeah, maybe. To an extent. I mean, like, Not I totally. remember like the, the scene where she's at like her the pool party the pool party and she like that's like the most horrific she's out and like she's uncomfortable in her body and like she has to make small talk with the cousin because she's not actually friends with any of the girls and then and the the photo with the photo like, and the I'm gift. telling you i've only had to watch this movie once and i wanted to die <laughs> i want to die um i have to, i will eventually give it a rewatch i need to comment on the lighting because um and i watched a video on it um, I forget who um, made the video. I will link it when I post this, though. Um, and it's about how Bo Burnham uses light and um, how he utilizes screens. Because in a lot of movies, um, they have people have iPhones or laptops, but there's no light ever emitted yeah. from them. And that's just not accurate. Bo, you know, ever knowing what it's like to be online and the importance of screens and, like, the their impact uses screens as a lighting means like all those scenes about uh with kayla in her room her at bedroom, night yes. she, her face is lit by her phone this is also something that we're gonna see in my number one pick there's a lot of I, yeah, fun I was stuff ta- I was with lighting about that, yeah. but um yeah i just wanted to point that out because i think it's so different and like visually that's what i remember about the film so much it's just like those scenes of kayla in her room face lit up by her phone because it's like oh wow that's me (laughs) sadly my eyes i have blue light glasses so i'm not going blind yet yep yet um so number one is inside am i biased because it's the one that just came out and i've rewatched it like three times and haven't stopped listening to the soundtrack probably a little bit but also like i think a lot of people this is resonating with more so than his other specials and i don't know if it's because of the past year the past year that we've had or because it really is like his magnum opus i think both (laughs) are explanations because like it's just so good like i can't even begin to explain but i will i'm gonna bring up my letterbox review because I didn't spend oh. too much time writing it. She's but take, I spent she's, a good amount of time. She's taking the review out. Let me Buckle up, folks. Um, so, I started out with a quote from the special. So, he has this one song. It's like a short song um, called Stuck in a Room. Um, and then he goes, I was a kid who was stuck in his room. There isn't much more to say about it. Um, but there is a lot more to say about it because the whole special is about all the things that you have to say when you're alone in a room to yeah. keep going. Um, so I've been waiting, I'd been waiting a while to post a full review since I had first seen it. This was like probably two weeks after that. Um, the first time I watched it, I fully spiraled and got very depressed. Um, like it literally put me in a funk for two days. Um, I internalized a lot of it and took it like personally but the special wasn't necessarily about me. Like, I'm not saying that I can't relate to it, but um, it's about Bo, Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the persona is stripped. It like, yeah. like there's not much of that arrogant persona. Like it's there at the beginning a little bit, and it it trickles away. I was gonna say it trickles in every once in a while, but yeah, it's very toned down. It's very. Strict. I don't it's think very... you can ever fully shake it, but you get much more. It's... And at least in the first half, it's much more of that persona. The second half is like barely any. Um, so you know, Bo started his career online, and that's how he's kept it. He's made his own movies and started Oscar-nominated films, but at the end of the day he'll always be best known for his comedy and he didn't start out at like comedy clubs in front of MCs and crowds like he didn't he wasn't at the laugh shack he wasn't at uh second city he was in his childhood bedroom on a piano recording 
things and putting them on YouTube. Um, he started out in a room by himself and on a screen. Um, this is what he returned to in inside, and you can just see how good he's gotten at it over the years. Like, this is his craft, essentially. Um, you can't really do stand-up alone in a room. Comedy depends too much upon an audience, but not for Bo. He knows what it's like to perform for no one, to be stuck in a room, making faces, telling jokes, making little sounds. So he's, you know, completely within his element. However, with that artifice of the stage and the crew all gone, what's left is just Bo. It's just him. So he's alone. There's a lot much more to say about it. Um, we were all trapped inside our rooms in our houses this past year. With our minds and our thoughts. And, and it was, um, I blanked out. Uh, it felt like a sick, cruel joke to me. Not me, just me, but a lot of us. You know, I was, I felt like I was just starting to get my life together. Um, and then it was like, nope, stay inside. And I was like, oh, but, um, and I, it was very, um, helpful to know that, like, it also felt like a cruel joke to Bo, who wanted to return to doing live comedy, and then, like, nope, you gotta, you gotta stay home, so don't tell God your plans, because he will laugh and start a pandemic, bastard. Um, so it felt like there was really nothing we could do to help the state of the world, as he points out in comedy, where it's just like, hmm, what can I do in a time like this? I'm gonna tell jokes. Um, and it feels like what's even the merit in that when there's people dying yeah, and like nurses seeing like the horrors of what a pandemic can do, um, every single day. And I'm sure he thinks about, he probably was already thinking about that all the time because his mom is a hospice nurse and all that stuff where he's like, I do comedy. I do stupid songs. They're not really stupid, but you know what I mean? Um, I do songs about like... In the Stuff. grand scheme of things, yeah. he thinks, how how am I contributing in a positive way to people, like, firsthand? Mm-hmm. Especially when, with a special like this, where, again, he doesn't have an audience. He doesn't have that um, primary reaction. Yeah. So, it's, it's going into something and hoping. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's nothing you can do to really help the state of the world. Um, it was kind of hard... Uh, reconciling with that myself as a I hate to use the word a creative but you know I like to create um and I don't have that many other skills um and I do have to say that like my least favorite shade of Bo is that uber self-aware and self-deprecating version like you know he's a white guy who's bad and hasn't been stepping up to the plate and blah 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 like those shades I was happy that they were quickly done away with in the special and that we veered into something more critical of the world and not just like i'm a basic white man and i have issues too um i think he kind of knew that that kind of content wasn't going to sell the same in a post-pandemic world yeah um it's not a funny joke to tell no one's gonna laugh at it anymore so you know inside is like a long-form gallows routine it revels in sadness and solitude, like the entire second act, I'll call it, um, following a pretty light and sarcastic first act. I mean, it is split into two acts. There is an intermission. Mm-hmm. That is true. And, like, there is a, a tonal shift. Like, it's permeated with sadness, in a way, all the way through, but there is a big shift yeah. where he all, he's like... Hmm, he's talking a lot about killing himself. That's, uh... <laughs> and literally, I think it was towards the beginning, though, this obviously not going into the sadness of the second act, but he's like, yeah, kind of wanted to take a gun and blow my brains out. And I was like, uh, did, yeah. did you just see that? And then, yeah, I feel like there was just a lot of um, repetition of being like, I want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, like, this is very concerning. He's not well. Yeah, and then, um, especially, I think... He was so hard on himself with the specials because of the the timing increment and how it was a goal of his to finish it before his thirtieth birthday. Yeah, and he does not accomplish that goal, and he makes. But it... that's so unrealistic, anyway. I suppose. Well, it's, like doing that all by yourself. It's the trope of an unrealistic artist who who needs to who craves perfection. Mm-hmm. It, um, he's basically Black Swan. He is. I can see it. Um, 
So it's, like, painfully honest in that way where, like, he's just... Like, there's that scene where he just starts crying into the camera. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I should look away or not. Should I look? Should but I didn't. Like, it's just because, like, that is our reality. Um, I just saw a reflection of myself and my face was being lit somewhat by my lamp but also by my screen and i was like whoa the bo burnham of it all (laughs) um i don't know if i could have mentally handled this like in february or march but because it came out now i'm okay yeah if we were Uh all still stuck in and quarantine yeah i think he knew timing wise like maybe do this while things are starting to open up and also like he hadn't finished it yet yeah um but like i just there was something very cathartic about it, but it was also enjoyable. Like, Welcome to the Internet is so good. Um, and this, but, like, on the other hand, um, That Funny Feeling is also so good. And Put Your Hands Up, or uh, All Eyes on Me is what it's called. Um, just, like, sonically wonderful welcome to the internet was very witty it was very quick and i what i loved about the special too was i think he experimented more with production Mm -hmm. in terms of like like sonically like the sounds the music um and he wanted and also visually he wanted to replicate and make like point at and make fun of certain things one of the things i loved the most was um the song problematic Mm -hmm. so he obviously addresses his behavior in the past and also just sheds a light on just, like, problematic behavior in general. And what is so phenomenal about that video is it totally juxtaposes the visuals in which he, Yeah, like, he's, like, exercising. He's exercising. And it's almost like an 80s, like... Yeah. Jazzercise, like... Or mm-hmm. even just, like, a an underwear catalog commercial where it's, like, you're... you're he's trying to exude sex appeal. Yeah. And, so, like, almost, like, distract you. Yes, the fact and that it's he was so funny yeah he's so good with visuals and again like the lighting in this like we're so smart his use of the projector is so great and he also does this and this is another video that i'll link to um but a lot of this slow zoom yeah almost like to a kubrick camera and it makes you feel claustrophobic like you're in the room with him and it just like oh and he's like and i hate to call a white man a genius but damn it, I think Bill Burnham is Damn genius. it, we could say it. I think he deserves it. Um, like, this special did for me what nothing else I'm very, that came out during the pandemic did. I'm going to be honest. I'm really curious to know what his IQ is. Oh, I'm sure he's very smart. Like, when he, you, you, like he's done interviews and stuff. I know. I yes, know he did I've one at the 92Y. Yes. He is so intelligent. Like, obviously, he's very good with his words. Yes, he's but, well-spoken. Um... But, like, he's so smart. He got into NYU. He didn't go. But he he deferred for, like, a year. And then he went, like, to doing comedy full-time. So, you know, he's very intelligent. But, like, artistically, he is a genius. And, like, this was, like, almost, like, not a comedy special. Like, I... I very, don't think you could call it's very it a all encompassing special. in terms of emotion. It was like a cinematic experience. I don't even know what I hate. Again, I hate to hype up a white man, but credit where credit is due. This so man I, been with I, me for like don't a worry, decade. I'll ground it a little because <laughs> okay. you are a little biased. I'm sorry. Your love for him. <laughs> no, that's true. Is a bit blinding. <laughs> it's a great special. Is it the the most fantastic thing I've ever seen? No. No. And never, never will be. And that's okay. But for what it is, it is, again, because you can't, I can't, we can't say it's straight up comedy, but for no. what it was, it was. It's almost like a musical. It was enjoyable. A to, one man show. Yeah, it was very enjoyable to watch. And that's coming again from the person who does not like stand up or comedy in retrospect. So I'm going to refer back to an old mini-sode that we did. Okay. Um, And I'm going to have you guess what I'm talking about. And then I'm going to talk about some of the songs I like from the okay, special. Okay, okay. Right. Um, so, during when he was doing Welcome to the Internet, mm-hmm. he had this very villainous persona to him. Okay. And I said, and you know, he's been doing all the music and stuff, and I thought to myself, you know, he would be great, I feel like I've already told you this, but we'll say, he would be great as like a villain. In, Five Thousand like, Fingers? Five thousand fingers. Oh, of course. I think he would it's make the, a great Doctor T. I was about to say Doctor T because it's that um, that tall, M- almost menacing, like menacing. He has that um, un- 
like untra- he has the range untraditional like <laughs> handsome features if that makes sense yes um gay coded yeah women love him <laughs> yeah men love him children fear him i don't know about that one i'm not a child but gender non-binary people love him we all that's love true him. um but and i also think he could definitely help write the music because just like the absurdity of some of his songs, I think matches the tone. Of... I think we need to write this remake. I'm already like figuring out. Okay, how do I get the rights? Because you know the Seuss um, family. I guess it's just handing them out left and right because they make like a shitty animated version of a Doctor Seuss book every single year. Yeah, like they made the Grinch, the Lorax, Horton Hears a Who. I'm like, I guess they're not that hard to get. I mean, those were like major studios, but still. Who knows? I don't I think, know. I, I think it's possible. Like, he... That was the only movie he ever did. Maybe that makes them more protective of that. Or maybe they're like, whatever. That yeah, it's because great it's, to me. if we think about it, realistically, it's not very well known. No. At all. So, most people won't even know the original. Exactly. And they'll go, Bo Burnham's in this? I'm going to see it. And then that will draw them to the original once they find out there is one. And they'll be like, this is fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's free publicity, <laughs> baby. Um, yes, now I can see it but, for sure. Yeah, that's my um, tangent. And I'm manifesting that I'm going to write it. Going, Put it in, putting it out into the universe. Throwing it out. <laughs> going back to Inside, there's a few songs that stuck out to me besides mm-hmm. um, Problematic. I also very much love... And it's so funny. So I'm on iTunes right now looking at the list to refer to. And you know how... Um, I don't know if you noticed, but they've changed the formatting of iTunes where they have popularity next to a song. I don't use iTunes. I okay. use Spotify. Like a civilized So person. they have the name of the song, how long it is, and the price usually, right? So they added a new feature where they have popularity and it's like bars of the like, Yeah, they have that on Spotify if you go yeah. online. So I feel like a lot of the songs I like aren't the, the popular, popular which I was kind of shocked Maybe at. because some of them are like being their TikTok audios right now, and so I think a lot of those okay. ones are blowing that up makes sense. more that than the makes... others. So I loved How the World Works with the Sock Puppet. I love that one just because I think it's a visual thing, so I don't, when I'm listening to the album, I kind of just skip it, and like it's jokes that kind of hit me the first time, and then I'm like, whatever. But I did like it. I think, um, it was a little white savior but whatever. I thought it was fun because it was like a, very much a play on um, children entertainment. Now I'm excited to see what he's going to do with that Sesame Street thing that he was supposed to write. Yeah, I, I well, that's what I'm saying. Did. So, like, it was very much a play on children entertainment, and it's supposed to be, like, all, like, hey, kids, it was a sock mm-hmm. puppet, and, but then he um, really delves into these, like, darker um, topics that and themes that he addresses in a lot of his comedy and his music. Um... And also, I just, like, because I was so sad already from this special, so him bringing out a sock puppet really just put a smile on my face, and I really... That was early in the session, so you were already sad. I really was. Um, Watch else. Uh, Welcome to the internet. Of course, we already just talked about... um, So great. So good. I love, like, the little persona he dons for that, like, the, the little glasses and stuff. It's just so creepy kind of hot mm-hmm. no it's not um <laughs> white women's instagram that's a that's a classic it's a, it's a classic it's visually stunning and like every single <laughs> every single um shot or frame i'm like this would actually make a really good photo i think someone um uploaded all of them, all of them? as Thank like goodness. bow bow white woman or something like I, that as they should um and then I'm forgetting which song it was, but it's when he... Oh, it's Unpaid Intern, when he reacts mm-hmm. to his song, and yeah. it's just a chain of him reacting. That, I was like... <laughs> that was a good one. I really like just the sound of the Jeffrey Bezos ones. Me too. And, like, the, actually in the first one, too, where it's like, drink their blood, fuck their water. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, damn. It was really good, but a lot of people have been using that audio... It's just, like, when you hate capitalism, but, like, your cat loves Amazon boxes, and it's, like, cats with their Amazon boxes, like, Jeffrey Bezos. You know, I'm sounding very much like a millennial right now, but you get you get the gist. I um, do. I saw a TikTok the other day. There's a cat in a box. It was, like, a cat. Cats are so quirky and funny. And the cat was, like, in a hat. Cat in the hat. 
Fuck you. <laughs> I saw you liking kind of hot content on Twitter today. <laughs> Listen, I am a human for, being for skin. First and foremost. I am a cat Manhattan cat stand. Not the original like animated feature. Not the no, book. The, one the live the action one with Mike Myers. Myers. Uh-huh. And Alec Baldwin. And Alec Baldwin and uh, Abigail Breslin's brother. And, yes, and one of the, the Fanning sisters. Fannings, I think Dakota. Dakota Fanning. It is Dakota. Um, and there's so many other people in it, but... It is, it is a moment. It's camp. <laughs> Wes Anderson who? Like, the quirky, symmetrical, like, pastel vibe is done better in that than The humor in that, unmatched. I'm so glad that it's coming back as, like, a, like a, a popular movie. It was, like, the same way that Shrek was, where it's just, like, all hail Shrek. Like, Shrek is all Shrek is life. The difference being, of course, oh, well, same voice actor, which is weird. But, yes. Um, whew, it's like, oh, oh. Um... Shrek is actually, like, one of the greatest films of all time, and Cat in the Hat is, like, a fever dream. Yes. But, listen. But a very enjoyable fever dream. My my family is obsessed with it, and I can't explain it, and it would, I think, scientists. It's going to be the next unsolved. It's (laughs) just like, we can't figure out why the Speaker family is so obsessed (laughs) with Cat in the Hat. Um, But that's all I really have to say about Bo Burnham, other than the fact that I love that guy. Bo Burnham, I love you. With your brown hair and I don't know what color eyes. You're making me do this. I'm doing the thing from the vine. Um, <laughs> if you, any of you got that reference. Were you a vine person? I was. Okay, but not a TikTok person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Weird. That's weird. That's suspicious. <laughs> I think you're going to become a TikTok person once you get down to Nashville. I don't think so. I, I'm i seeing it in your future. I I know myself pretty well, and I'm already just too involved with Twitter. and. But that's the thing. It'll get you off of Twitter. But I don't want to be off of Twitter. Oh, you're, you're Twitter-pilled. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> mentally, I'm mentally ill. And I accept it, and I, I enjoy my Twitter. And listen, I it's just... I can't be like, I don't want to be like coming off as pretentious, be like, it's not for me. But like, I don't see myself being a creator and that's fine. I could definitely be a viewer, but even so, and I'm not going to be that person who goes into like the full conundrum of what is society and we're wasting our time with social media. But like, honestly, all right, all right. (laughs) No, I, I spend enough time on Twitter that Mm. like... The less social media, the the better my mental health is. Uh, that's how I would put it. Okay. I like to diversify my, my, <laughs> my social yeah. media so I don't spend too much time on any of them. And I have so many different ways to waste my time. I try to stay Welcome off my to the phone. Internet. I try to stay off my phone as much as possible. The lately. one thing that Bo did say that really got me thinking, it's like, he had like a little tangent where this is one of the ones where he was just speaking where he's like... Um, it feels like we're doing things in the real world just so we can put them on social media. Mm-hmm. And I, that's another thing that like I'm going to think about every single day where it's just like, am I just doing this thing in real life so that I can post on my yeah. Instagram story about it it's or tweet about it? Like that's fucking weird. Um, messed me up a bit. Thanks for that, Bo. Like uh. it's very, it's very comforting when I'm able to spend a whole day with on like, without my phone. Like, it's on me, but I'm not on it. Yeah. Especially, like, I think going along that sentiment, like, if I go, say, into, like, New York City for the day, in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm probably going to post all this stuff. And there's times I don't even post anything. Yeah. And, like, that's when it feels so good. Cause or I'm like, like, I didn't even take any pictures. Yeah, like, I, exactly. That's like, why also why I like going on a drive, because it's like, I can't be on my phone. That's bad. Um, and I can just, you know, be with my thoughts, which are sometimes not great, but... And it's, it's difficult when, like, for the past year, it's the only way we could interact with other people. Yeah. Like, we had to be on social media or have to talk to our families. Ew. So, <laughs> Which I think is also, like, <gasps> kind of we're seeing a, 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 a slight steering away from that yeah. medium. Also, I've actually had this conversation. I think this will be an interesting closer because we did talk about, you know, important themes. We talked about capitalism. It's always going to be prominent. Mm-hmm. In terms of a post-pandemic society, I think we are, you know, I don't want to use the word reverting in a negative 
way. Mm -hmm. But I think we're almost going back into that um, kind of steering away from big corporations because it's becoming more publicized of how awful they are. And we're having... Some people just won't care, though. Some people... For sure. However, with the pandemic in place and accessibility and just you know, helping people survive, I think we're very much going to be going back to those mom and pop shops. I hope so. I hope so too, because like, I'm very much a firm believer in supporting local and small businesses. I work at one. Yes, as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And again, we live in a world where things are challenging. We can't always do that. But like, you know, just to be somewhat like, you know, um, conscious of our consumption. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it feels better. Yeah, it really does. I it it always food always tastes better when it's from like an independent place. Yeah, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's our that's our show. That is the show for today. The last one in the studio. Oh my god, I'm actually not getting emotional. I I think it's the Scorpio rising, and also like I think this I'm is just numb. this is this is a job. Yeah, this is my work. Is that sad? Professional. Like, I was toying around with the idea like should i call myself a podcaster or should i just say virgin (laughs) (laughs) oh so you're saying all podcasters are virgins no inaccurate (laughs) no i know it's inaccurate i know podcasters fuck they do (laughs) um anyway i still feel weird about it so but it is like it is a significant part of my life it has become a significant part of our lives Mm mm-hmm and it will be, it will continue to be, because we're still going to be putting out content. That fresh content. Uh-huh, once Craig moves and gets all settled, we're going to be putting out, it's going to be our second season. Yeah. Expect some changes, as in probably not that many changes. I'll see. Hopefully our <laughs> attitudes change. Maybe not. I'm always going to have an attitude. Hopefully I'll have a sunnier disposition. You're usually pretty sunny. I do. Today, I'm so... I want to actually apologize to our, our <laughs> listeners today. I feel like I've just been so mellow. That's I've been, not true. I'm, I've been in, like, a deep depression with this move because don't I'm so stressed. Don't apologize. I don't think your mood was off at all. I feel like it was. Like, I was so in my head this whole this whole episode where I was just, like, laying back. You're like, thinking too much about your persona. I am. You are performing. I am. That's Bo, crazy. Bo would slap me around right now. And you would like it. I would. Oh, I so <laughs> You're would. nasty. Listen. He's a not... girlfriend. Leave him alone. I know. No, I will leave him alone. But... Don't be a Gabby, Hannah. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> but, like, and I will I will have escapism in my head, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. We're all... We can all allow ourselves that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, signing off from the studio... <laughs> One last time. together in the same room. Um... <sighs> You ready? I'm okay. Okay, cool. Um, I've been Kay. I've been Craig. And go, go watch, watch a goddamn, goddamn movie. movie. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.